Amen. Hey, let's give it up for the worship team. Thank you so much. I know it's Monday morning, but you're glad you came, right? Yeah, 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 here we are. We are back in the book of John this morning. And so open up your pew Bibles. There's a bunch of, of um, in front of you, 862 is where we are, and we're in the first chapter, and we're in the Gospel of John, and we're talking about a man named John. We're talking about John the Baptist, and I don't want you to have any John confusion. So there's two Johns so far. First, there's John who wrote the book of John, and we call him John the Evangelist, John the Poet. He's right there. He was a disciple of Jesus. And then there's the one we meet today, and that's John the Baptist. And he was called the first witness of Jesus. And he was crazy. He was crazy. So we're going to spend time with crazy today. So hear the word of the Lord. Um, we're going to start on John chapter 1, verse 19. And we're going to read about 10 verses. This is the testimony given by John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I'm not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer. For those who sent us, what do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now, they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, here he is. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to all of Israel, that he might be revealed to us this morning. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, I'm going to say, I'm not sure that I would have loved to, like, have a cup of coffee with John, but I admire him. This morning, I got a really nice compliment, actually. Matt Margarone, the new chaplain of athletics, said that I was a little bit like John the Baptist. I'll take it. I'll take it. I admire John because he was the real deal. He was sold out for God. And no wonder... Luke's gospel tells us that before he was even conceived, God chose John. He marked him out as the one who would tell the world that Jesus was coming. John devoted himself to this call. John lived as an ascetic in the wilderness near the Dead Sea. He dressed only in camel's hair, 
accessorized with a little leather belt. On the good days, on the good days, he ate locusts with a side of wild honey. And on the other days, he probably didn't eat at all. He was crazy, but he was popular. One writer said, John the Baptist didn't fool around and people knew it. Crowds flocked to him. They came in droves to wherever he was speaking to hear him tell about this coming Messiah, about the Savior they had been waiting for. And in John, they were beginning to hope. Now John, John was not a touchy-feely sort of preacher. His sermons never ended with hugs or with hand-holding or with, you know, rounds of kumbaya. He told people they were disobedient. He told people they were sinners. He told them to begin bearing good fruit, not bad, to dole out justice, not extortion, to seek repentance and not capitulation. One day, he even told the crowds that they were no better than a snake pit. You brood of vipers. I think even as they cringed to hear it, they realized he was right. They were pit dwellers. We all are. And so they kept going out to the wilderness to hear the truth about themselves. And they asked John again and again to baptize them as a sign that their sins, even theirs, could be forgiven. So it's no surprise that here in verse 19, where we started out, that the Jewish leaders, the priests and the Levites, came from the mother church in Jerusalem to find out what was going on. Who are you, they asked John. Let us have an answer. So once again, John told the truth, nothing but the truth, right? First he quotes scriptures and he told this truth about his mission. He said, I'm just a voice. I'm a voice saying, get ready, make straight, make your life straight. The Lord is coming. And then, and then he spoke the second truth, the one about himself. And this kills me every time. He said, who am I? I'm nothing. The one who's coming after me, he's the real deal. He's the light, and me, I'm not even worthy to bend down and untie the thong of his sandal. Because John knew, right? He knew. As popular as he was, as hard as he worked, he was only a man, and he was sinful and disobedient like all he preached to. And there was no way no way that he was going to make his own life straight or anyone else's for that matter without a savior. And so he looked and he watched and he preached and he waited. And he said, oh, come, come, Lord. More than watchmen for the morning, he waited. All this took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. And then, verse 29, 
and we get just this little tiny description of this moment, of this moment that changed all moments. Jesus came. It says the next day, John saw Jesus the one he had been waiting for his whole life. He saw, he saw with his own eyes. And notice here, there's no question. There's no problem of identification. He didn't have to elbow someone in the crowd and say, I don't know, is this the guy? Is this the one we've been waiting for? No. He knew in a second. He knew to the core of his being that this was the one, this was the one that his whole life had been leading to. And John said, it said he declared, and I can't decide, I can't decide if he said it at the top of the lungs or if he said it in a whisper barely audible. Behold, here he is. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, behold. I didn't know him until just now. But here he is, grace walked in. Grace walked in that day, grace upon grace upon grace. He's the reason I was baptizing. He's the reason for everything, John said. Don't look at me anymore. I'm not worthy. You look at him. You fix your eyes on him and you watch him work. You watch him work. And you watch him go all the way to the cross for the sins of the whole world. We got loads of time. So would you pray with me, please? Father, here's the truth. There is not one of us worthy. Not one. There is not one pastor. Not one president. Not one senior. Not one freshman. Not one prof. Not one coach. Worthy. To even bend down and untie the thong of your sandal. But here's the good news. The Lamb of God comes. And in him, we are not defined by our unworthiness. We are defined by the triumph of his grace. Today, Lord, Today, give us eyes to see, give us hearts to believe, and give us wills to walk in the way of that one. Lord, bless and keep these students and shine your face upon them. And we pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.